I'm actually really excited for everyone to get to sit in on this conversation as part of what we're trying to do here is share in conversation format some really deep ideas. And so this time we got to talk about tefillah, about davening, a little bit more about the structured format that we have and what what we're supposed to do because we spend so much time um, doing it. We spend so much time engaged you know, on a daily basis, um, whether it's a, a man or a woman, but uh, as Jews, we're, we spend a lot of time davening. And so it's nice to at least start the conversation. Um, I got to spend some great time with Rabiasi and I really think that we touched on some, some deep ideas and some also practical advice in terms of connecting to davening and understanding what it is that we're doing. Um, so I, ho I hope you enjoy. go through different periods of life and different relationship kind of interaction with tefillah, but in the end of the day, it's a major part of what we do. Sure. It's, like, sure. it's uh, three times a day and on Shabbos and, and Stam, individual personal tefillah. Right. And like it always, when we talk about like the structure of tefillah, and you look at Shimon Esri as like the culmination, and obviously knowing the basics of the ideas of, you know, the introductory paragraphs in Shemon Esrei and then the end brachas. When you look at the bulk, the middle, the, the meat of Shemon Esrei, it almost looks like what we're doing is, it almost looks like what we're doing is giving Hashem like a laundry list of what we need. And in some way, the more we say it, the more he knows we need it. Like there's a lot of pitfalls, kind of like you, you come into it and you could say like, well, I have to convince Hashem that this, Sick person needs to get better. Is it like a, is it is there something that is there something that we are meant to be focused on as we say those like especially the meat of of Shmon Esrei? There's something that we're meant to be focused on as we say it, and are we are we kind of? I always had a feeling like we were I was distracting myself by asking for things as opposed to doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Or you get, you get the same question when you say to heal him. You say to heal him for a sick person. Okay, so are you just adding? Is that what you're doing? Are you like you think like oh, now I'm being a better I'm being a good boy? So Hashem now there's like now there's a reason to make this person better. Be changing Hashem's mind, convincing mm -hmm. you know you dive really hard for something. It's like okay, so now I put some energy into it. Now now Hashem's like convinced. Okay, you're right, you're right. I wasn't gonna make them feel better, or, or your parnasa was gonna be really hard, but now it'll come easy because you asked really nicely. Is that we're like what's going on? What are we doing? Okay, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot there. Basically, basically, the question, I guess, is that like, like, what's davening, right? Like, what's happening, and how to go about doing it, and the different, uh, like you said, different experiences of it. You know, it's like this. You know, it, you said like Shmanesri is the main body of, of tefillah. That's where it's all leading towards, right? So you sort of, you know, you're working way up from from Birchas Hashachar slowly but surely getting to Shmanesri. And then once Shmanesri is complete, you're sort of like absorbing that through Ashri Valtzian all the way to Elena. So, so you're right. But it's interesting is that the, the term that we have, that the most, amongst Ashkenazim in particular, that we call that part of the prayer is Shmanesri. Shmanesri is not a, a good description of what it is. Shmanesri is, is what you're saying. It means 18, right? Because it's 18 brachas. So a 19th was added, uh, Lamashinim. Later, relative to the other eighteen, 
But that's that's a description of what davening like looks like, what you're supposed to say. And that's and that's true. That's what you're supposed to say. But but that you know, but but those 18, 19 brachas that you're saying are really meant to be like contained within an atmosphere that is more the essence of what tefillah is. So there's another word that by really they more have a more um, they get more to the point with it is that they don't call it Shemonesra Bidam really, it's called Amida. Amida. Amida, what does Amida mean? It means to stand, right? Amida is, 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 a, is a more correct term if a person wants to really define what is the atmosphere of tefillah, that within that, you're then saying Shemonesra. So Amida doesn't just mean a physical position that I'm standing. Amida means that I'm, I'm standing in the presence of. In a certain sense, the, the atmosphere that that tefillah is contained within is, I guess you can say like a reorientation of what, of the entire universe that you exist in. You know, if I were to approach davening the following way, it would be a little bit of a mistake. You know, I, I wake up in the morning, whatever it is, I get out of bed, okay, uh, I'm in the, you know, the world that I'm, that I'm used to, I get in the car, okay, in the car, go to shul, get up, okay, put on talis tefillin, I'm now davening. The world that I'm that I'm functioning in has I have not I have not changed my my way of thinking about it. I'm still in the regular world that so that I woke up in. One just of those things. One of the things that, that I'm doing. In the order of the day. Right. So it's shmonesra. Right. These are just the 18 brachas that I'm doing at this moment in this particular time. But that's not shmonesra. You know, we take three steps back and we take three steps forward. Why? Like I'm, I'm here, and let me just let me just start. No, no, because what I need to do in order to daven is to really reorient myself and to redefine what space I'm existing in. What space am I existing in? And it doesn't just mean the particular Dalit Amis. That's why in halacha we find this right that Shemoneser is very sensitive to the space that you're in, both in terms of being a clean space. No one else is allowed to go into your space. So obviously, in a practical level that's out of respect for davening and no one should interrupt you and what's but, it, doing, but it's, what's it's, creating it's deeper it's, than that everything and everything and everything in halacha is reflective of something that's deeper going on in the soul the fact that shmanesre is extremely sensitive to the space that it's being said in is because the essence of davening the soul of davening is not is not about the shmanesre it's about the environment that shmanesre is being said in what where where do I exist? Where do I exist? Am I existing in my world, and I'm just trying to communicate with some other place, you know? And instead of having a technology to do it, so we have a sitter, and that's how we communicate to some other world. That's not maybe maybe that could be the mindset for Pesuk Zimra. Maybe that could be the mindset for Birchas Hashachar, where I'm still kind of in my zone and I'm trying to work my way up. And I'm trying to sort of navigate through the jungle of this world to try to find some, you know, lifeline, some truth mm-hmm. hanging from some distant place. But Shmanesri is altogether different. Shmanesri is, I am no longer in the same space that I was before. I, I'm in the same address. Of course, I'm not being transported physically anywhere else. But what's happening is, is that the place that I'm in, the, the planet that I exist in, which is called planet Earth, is altogether changing. This is not a place that Hashem happened to create 
that, and obviously I depend on him, so now I have my laundry list of things that I'm asking. No, no, no. Every single thing that I mention in Shemana is not just a request. It's it's solidifying this truth, which is that that entire sugya of Atachayim and that that entire sugya of Rafua and Parna, you name it, all the things, it's all, that's, it's all within God's world. It's all within God's world. And that's why, like, they're not even called 18 tefillas, right? They're called 18 brachas. Mm-hmm. Because... <sighs> Because a bracha means trying to, you know, the word bracha, Shainam said the word bracha comes from the word brecha, which means a pool, a place. It's literally a place that, let's say, water concentrates, right? Water is mayim, but the place that, that, that water concentrates is called a brecha. So the, the 18 brachas, Hishman Esrei, are really redefining the space that these, that the, that, that the waters of Parnassah and the waters of Yeshua and the waters of uh, Shadokhem concentrate in. It's about redefining the place altogether. So you go through the rest of your life, you're in, con- you're like, it's after, your you, world, after you daven, so you go to work. Right. right so right. after you daven, then it's your, that's a different world. That's the world of you got to go to work and you got to go type on the computer and something happens, right? Like uh, numbers show up, right? right, right. But davening is your, your, your realign, is it like a realignment of, uh, of like, is it is it a, is it a, is it, a, is it a, uh, an effort or an exercise in emuna, in a belief in our belief that I, I may do that and I may have that world, but I know that this is the truth that Parnassar comes when I when it's more it's more than just that that that's a basic level of emuna the person always has to have that everything I have comes from Hashem. We're talking about something different. We're talking about a deeper a deeper level of emuna. We're talking about that the entire space. The, my entire existence is part of Hashem's universe. It's not a, a finite, human, earthly universe that's being governed and guided by an infinite being. My entire world that I exist in and that I function in it, it, it is, is still part of that, of that of the Rabbanu Shalom's Malchus. Not just being guided by Him and being watched over mm-hmm. by Him. Mm-hmm. To, to, we, we begin when I say Hashem Hashem, open up my lips, and I'll say your praises. I mean, it's up to you. Open your, your say it. Hashem say it. Tiftach, right? <laughs> Hashem means I don't know, the entire the entire mindset of Shemunas is Everything, everything, not just comes from you, but Mamish, everything, everything is you. Everything is is still a part of your universe. What's happening after after davening? Is yeah, there is there is a descent, there is a descent. The, the universe and, and my my relationship with the world around me does shift from moving from just being part of Hashem's world, and I'm just uh, you know an empty vessel to receive him to receive his light. I'm just a break. I'm just a you know, and everything is just a a, a pool to you know a space within which Shefa comes. After Shemunasar, yeah, you then go down. You, you, the, the world then is a place that you have to conquer and you have to go. You have to do, but, but you're sort of sent on a mission from davening. Like davening charges you with that mission and that shlichus of going into this world that now is going to seem independent and self-contained and running, you know, being run by like algorithms and mathematics and physics and the rules of nature. And my job is to be a shliach 
of that world of tefillah and to go into this other world of mathematics and and uh, statistics and, and, and teva and ishtadlis and so on and, and, and to somehow be in that place but to still have one foot in the world of davening. To still have one foot in the world of davening. And to do all my ishtadlis. But, but to know that all the ishtadlis that I'm doing is just to create an environment in which the things that I need in my life are coming without, an, without being a nes nigla. Mm-hmm. That's really all I'm trying to do. That it shouldn't have to be a nes nigla. Like a psych ought to be that you're just doing with your hands. Where's your head? I'm still rooted in tefillah. That's what Rav Yechonon the Gemara says. Rav Yechonon said, "Halavai sheispal adam kol mikul." Halavai person should daven all day long. Doesn't mean mamish to sit and daven all day long, but to, even though we can't daven all day long, but but it is true that we have to hold on to that. You know, in, in the Rizal taught. It's a big principle in, in, the, in his writings that, that as a result of Gullus, that's really as a result of Gullus, the, the place that you're, that you're existing in, in tefillah, does not stay with you after tefillah. There is a yurida, so to speak. There is a, a descent that the world, b'chalal, like sort of collapses a little bit, where it goes from that place of being still part of God's universe. Mm-hmm. And that's what you know, for example, right in the beginning of Carbonus, for those that, that you know, I wish to say it, but, but by Carbonus, there's a line that we... Well, that's what of, those pages are? Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, there's a line over there that it starts with, You are God before the world was created, and you're God after the world was created. That's the opening line to all of davening, because that's, that's your objective with davening, is that... Beginning of davening, you know, the, before davening starts, you're in your universe and you're a mammon. But the, the but the, the concept of davening is, is that now I'm I'm reorienting myself that the entire universe I'm functioning in is God's place, and uh, and you're right. There's a certain level of of passivity that will come, and sort of even inactivity mm-hmm. that comes from from realizing that, and that's why it's amida, it's standing, and it's just being being present and being and being bottled to that. And so after davening is over, like the Rizal said, there's Yerida, now you go and you have to work. But, but, but the work and the ishtadlis that you put in the rest of the day has to now be tempered and be sort of softened. And the lachats of, uh, of how much is at stake of whether or not... How much is depending on life. Exactly. <laughs> it has to be a little bit lessened because of davening. So, so, so you know, it's a, a simon of whether a person is, is, is davening well davening properly is not whether or not you know the rest of the day they still have to do a shtadlus or if there's if there's stress the question is like how much if there's any if there's any because you're going to have to do a shtadlus because like there is all said the phenomenon of Gaulus is that after davening is over the world like sort of goes back you know and we're no longer in that space of tefillah and that's and that's obviously what the Rebbe wants us wants of us right now but the question is is the roshim? Is the is the residual effect of davening still carried with you? That this, this is the oimek. This is the depth of what what the, the gemara says in brachas. It's a mishnah that the chasidim harishainim, the early chasidim, they would have an hour to prepare themselves for davening. Davening would be an hour, and they would have an hour after to sort of settle in. What's the what's the hour after? Chana, I understand. An hour to prepare, an hour for davening. I get it. What's the hour after? The hour after is allowing that residual effect of davening to really settle in 
And so then when you move out of that space, the, the memory is still strong. You take more of it with you yeah. into the into the rest yeah. of the day. How do you know if you're taking more of it with you? Are you a little bit less anxious than you would have been? It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be a lot. It's like, um, they say, I can't remember who it was. The, I can't remember which tzaddik it was. One of the tzaddikim, he said that, that when he was young, he had a chavrusa. And they both planned on becoming like big tzaddikim. And he said, I became what I became. But he said, but my friend, like, he, he's a good yid, but like, you know. So what's the difference? He said, we both like davened. We both learned. And when we davened, we learned we were up here. Right? And then what happened? So we finished davening. We finished learning. We came back down. My friend went back down to where he started. So every day he's just going up and down. Me, I also went down. But I went down, but I, I, I landed a little bit above from the day before. And slowly but surely, gradually, you build yourself up. So it's not a, so you, can't, you can't hold on to davening like that. Right. It's not possible. You're living a, it's no such thing. This is Gullus. Stress-free life doesn't, of uh, that's... It's the reality of Gullus. But, it, but, but it's chaval for someone who's like, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, it's like someone who's on vacation, right? And like on vacation, all they're worried about is, is, is pre-vacation and post-vacation. Then they ruin their vacation, right? It's like davening is like vacation. It's like you could stop feeling the, the, the worry of that, like everything's on your shoulder. Everything is on your shoulder if it's your world. But if this is God's world, and he has plans that are bigger than me, and I'm just trying to be a part of that, of that system. I'm just trying to be a part of it. So then I don't have to worry about it. And then, and then okay, I, I, then, I, I try to absorb that experience as much as possible. And then I go the rest of the day. And yes, of course there's a descent. Of course. That's expected. But, but maybe, maybe it's not as bad as it was without the opening. That's know? why it's like such a steer to have... Uh, it's not, it's not... No one's anti-cell phones. It just doesn't make sense to have... Be connected to the, your work in the middle of davening. It doesn't make... It make two different worlds. I'll tell you something. <laughs> it's more like, than that. When it comes to... I, I, and don't get me wrong. I appreciate the irony that... Obviously, we're two human beings talking to each other with cameras and videos. I get the irony of it. But you know like technology is fake technology is not real so davening you know so i'll tell you like this you know so i'm describing like these two worlds right there's reality as it is in the lens of davening and then there's the reality as it's in the lens of uh, so which one is real which one is the most okay when it's davening, davening has to be real, you know. And that 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 that's the that's the deepest truth. That's that that we're still part of Hashem's universe. So like, when you bring technology into davening, it's like it's a fake universe. It's like the opposite of you know davening is supposed to be real, right. you know. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, right? It's right. like unbecoming of the world of davening. It's like davening is a moment where. Where the the universe that I that 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 I'm that I that I live in is finally able to be itself, without going through the 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 game of stablas and the game of like it's all you know. The oh, truth is, it was a rabbanishlam, right? Then all of a sudden, like you know, we bring in a fake fakeness, you know, it has to be real. That has to be real. Here, here, I think like you know, I always had this theory. <laughs> I don't know if it's true. I always had this theory, kind of looking at how our how we're set up and how our educational system is set up. I always felt like 
I don't talk for myself. I felt like I learned how to daven way before I could appreciate what davening was or even consider appreciating what davening was. By the time I, my, I was advanced in my you know, maturity enough right. to even consider paying attention to this davening thing, I was already an expert davener, <laughs> right. at least at making the noises of davening, right? Right, right. right. And I don't, I don't think the, you can't overhaul the system. I mean, this is how it is. You've, you've got to teach kids what it is that sure. they do. But how, how do you, for kids, you know, you want to infuse, I'm not, I'm not with them every day when they dive, my own kids, but there are times when we're diving sure. together, you're on vacation and you're not, uh, you're not in shul yeah. and, or you're, uh, you know, it, what a Corona was like a perfect time. You could show your kids how to dive in and, and you could dive in with them mm-hmm. a Sunday morning for places that don't have school. But like, what? How, how are you supposed to give that over to them? Any meaning in here when you're talking, you know, you, you're supposed to you water it down for them. You give them the, the basic points and then you allow them to grow into it. But it's almost like they're getting ahead of themselves. They're davening, you know, by the time they get mm-hmm. to fourth grade, fifth grade, they're saying this big, massive, right, big, massive sitter. And right. the appreciation factor that they have for the, 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 the fine points of davening sure. is not there. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, I mean, you know, it, 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 it's it's not the system. I mean, that's really halach. I mean, there is a concept of chinuch. So we, we, we have no choice but to be mechanach our children in mitzvahs. And that's true. It's true for davening in particular because it's a vayda mm-hmm. But every mitzvah, we get used to doing it as a kid. So, you know, you shake luvin esrig as a kid. So now you're just an adult shaking luvin esrig. So what luvin esrig means very often, unfortunately, might stay the same. As when you were a kid. Now, so what are you supposed to do? Wait till a person has uh, all the meichen in the world? It doesn't work like that, you know. It doesn't work like that. You can't, you can't, you can't uh, wait till shake luvinesser again. Only after you know all the secrets of luvinesser, then you're never going to shake it. And by the way, you can't know the secrets of luvinesser until you shake it, right? So it's a catch twenty-two. Okay. You can't, you can't appreciate davening. To appreciate davening and to be in that mindset, it takes time, but you can't, you can't ever get into that space without actually davening. Okay. Yeah, you have to actually daven. So, so it is a struggle. But I'll tell you like this: I, I don't think to teach a, to teach children how to daven. I don't think it's it's not about davening. It's it's davening is is an expression of this level of of amuna and this level of relationship with the rabbinic shloim. That that is overarching. It's not. Uh, it comes out. It it becomes highlighted three times a day, like I said, where the environment changes and so on. But but it's but it's a general. Yeah, it's it's something that's cultivated o- over an entire lifetime. You know, over an entire lifetime, and so. So I think I think you know as parents, I, I can only I, just as a suggestion. I don't know. As parents, it's sort of like always a two pronged attack, right? Attack is the wrong word, but you know, the two-pronged approach, fine. So one way is to speak, is to say, to say, to, to speak to our children. Um, language is a, a language that is, that is, that is conducive to this type of tefillah mindset mm-hmm. of to talk about Hashem, to talk to Hashem in front of our children, even if you, even if you have to fake it, right, a little bit. And to make Hashem something that's real, not just a concept. Again, that's the difference between the world of davening and the outside, and the world outside of davening. The world outside of davening, Hashem 
the, the, what's real is this place, and Hashem is a concept. The world of davening means Hashem is real, and everything else is, is a concept, you know? And so the more we make Hashem real in our children's lives, the more automatically that's sort of the, that's the environment that's necessary to cultivate tefillah. And now when it comes to specifically davening, so obviously they have to do what they're, what they're told in school, whatever, whatever sitter, I'll you know what I'm saying? never go against that. No, 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 for sure, <laughs> I'm saying that the mechan, they know where the kid's holding. But, all, but, they, but, but if they have the opportunity to see their father daven, like, like if we daven, the kids will, will see, you know. If they, if, in a real way. Yeah, yeah real if way. they see and that we're in a different place. Right, right, right. If we see that we're in a different place. You know, probably seeing that you're a different person afterwards. Like of course, that there's a roshim of the yeah, davening they made on you. No, no. <laughs> like one second, you're just davening, and now you're, now you're upset about this at a level that doesn't make sense. Right. It's a, right. There's a disconnect. Right. Right. And they, they have and to they'll, see they'll, there's they'll a change or something. They'll pick up on that. They'll see if the person, you know, with time, the person's more calm. And by the way, what's wrong with telling the kids that and say, listen, you know, I had a really hard day at work today. A lot of things that that really, you know, could have made me nervous. But you know what? I decided. I, rem- I reminded myself of when I was davening Shachris. And when I'm davening Shachris, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering that Hashem is in charge of everything and everything is in His hands and everything's going to be okay. And I reminded myself of that. And you know what? I wasn't as nervous today as I could be. So not, first of all, when a kid hears that, first of all, they, wow, my fa- like davening is real. Davening actually, actually changed his life. And number two, they're actually getting a skill that they can use, right? Because kids are stressed out in school. School just started, you know, things get stressed out. And so let them also go to that place of, of reminding themselves that Hashem, is, that Hashem is everything. And ultimately, you know, you know, that the Rebbe is in charge and, and, and everything's going to be okay. You know, and that, that, that's, that's, that, that's the... The Menuchas HaNefesh and the Yishev that comes from really allowing tefillah to take hold of a person's nefesh and to be in that place. Again, and there's going to be, and then you leave davening. Mm-hmm. But again, the Rishim, the Rishim has to be there. And giving that over to them, that there's, a, there's an experience that's going on during davening. I mean, it's like, say the words, don't say, like, for, like at your age, it's not uh, which paragraph did you say, which, did right. you, which kavana did you have. It's like, you have to understand there's an experience going on here and there's a, there, you're, you're traveling somewhere. Right. You're traveling to the real world. Like, and Chinuch always contains two parts. There's, you know, like every mitzvah, there's, there's, there's the actual uh, training that a, that a kid has to have in order to fulfill the mitzvah technically properly when he becomes of age. But then there's also like Yiddishkeit. Mm-hmm. You know, in halacha, there's such an idea. We're trying to talk about this that that there's there's two levels of chinuch. There's giving over guidance in terms of mitzvahs, but then there's also giving over Yiddishkeit. Now, davening is one of those technical mitzvahs that's very much bound to Yiddishkeit. You know, it, it, the essence of davening is uh, speaking to the heart of Yiddishkeit. The, the heart, the essence of Yiddishkeit is the, the, the whether a person is you know. Have you, have you, uh, you know, are you fully committed to Yiddishkeit or not? Is like answer that question. What universe do you live in? Like, whose world do you live in? Is God a concept or is God the most real thing? And the world has to be proved during davening. Right. (laughs) It's like you know the tzaddikim say, they say that that uh, that a person has to ask this question to themselves and they have to give the proper answer. How do you know the world exists? So if the answer is what do you mean? Well, my eyes. That's it. 
that's not a davening, that's not a Yiddishkeit way. The real answer is because it says in Pasuk, Rashi's Bar Lakim, the world exists. So it must be. It must be. That, that's, that's a Yiddishkeit. So davening is, is intimately bound with, with, the, with the heart of Yiddishkeit. So it's one of those mitzvahs that we have to be mechanech, but it's very difficult and it's, and, and it's almost uh, tragic if it's done like this to educate it, to, to educate uh, the, the process of davening, the technicalities of davening without it, it, it giving, without it coming along with the essence of Yiddishkeit. Because it, you know, not only is then davening half-baked, but then it's like Yiddishkeit suffers. Mm-hmm. Yiddishkeit suffers from it because davening this is, is uh, core. This is, it's this core. is important. It's core. It's not just David Melech. It's David Melech himself. David Melech said, "I am davening." Mm-hmm. David Melech is Malchus. It's 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 the Malchus of Hashem in this world. That's what David Melech represents. David Melech is able to sit in the Beis Hamikdash. Right? No one's allowed to sit in the Beis Hamikdash except for David Melech and his descendants and, and the king of the of the Davidic line. Because the because why is that? Because the Beis Hamikdash means Hashem's capital. That's Hashem's Malchus. It's Hashem's Malchus. No. And so what happens? Dovin Melch sits in Hashem's Malchus. It means that that his univ, his Malchus is synonymous with Hashem's Malchus. Mm-hmm. Davening is 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 major like that. But I, it can be given over to the children on, on their level. Like I said, to speak. It doesn't start and end by davening. It's 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 throughout the day that we have to make Hashem more real it might be a it might be a general chinuch question but like in this localized space we have like a, the teenage years and davening a lot of times don't uh, speak to each other sometimes yeah. they do and you have someone who's connected to davening even though they're sure. 14 years old i always thought like be, like 13 years old is a terrible time to start being high in mitzvahs, especially nowadays. Like, well, it's just evidently, like a bad age. God thinks it's okay. Of so. God, 100%. Well, it's a challenge you have to sure. get over because like, sure. nowadays, like, you know, you're 13 years old, you just, I mean, not only nowadays, you're just like coming into yourself sure. and you're changing and your body's changing and everything's changing and now you got to, all these mitzvahs. But right. like, davening especially, like it's so part so of your day. Can you imagine day. if there was no chinuch? Right, and then the person has mamish and she's like, "Oh, never heard of this before." <laughs> so, Baruch Hashem, we have chinuch from before. And what do you do when so when a kid's obviously this chinuch involved, and but you have a kid who's who's struggling with it. You know, like as a father, as a father, you're looking at your kid. Can you? You're you're almost you're transitioning from a the chinuch to this is your job, sure. right? Do you, do you even focus on the technical details or do you go straight to, okay, maybe you got to start the other direction now. It's like, we gave you the technical details. We had, you know, a good 10 years of the technical stuff, what you need to say, right. and how the sitter works and what right. page we're on. Right. Okay, but the kid's not, he's not davening that way or he's not davening in the typical way. I heard one time someone said like, what, you're so busy with how he's davening. Maybe inside here he's davening. Like he's right, right there with our control. Listen, it's a complicated question and really it's not something that, you know, it, it, it's it's purely, it's an individualized question, how to handle this particular kid and to get him to a place. You know, listen, there's always, you know, a father's obligation to raise his children. I mean, technically, chinuch is until bar mitzvah, but really, you know, it goes on. Because our, our responsibility is to make sure that our kids are able to function and to become Avdi Hashem. So maybe at some point in Jewish history, it was enough, you know, okay, 12 years old, 13, you're good. Nowadays, certainly that age has extended. So, um, so a parent's responsibility to make sure that their kid is everything that they can become, it's as long as it takes. Um, 
But because of that, there's always like, you know, short term and long term, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like anything in the world, you know, it's like I, I want, you know, the, if I have to focus on my child's health long term, so I do that with long term. But if right now he's doing something that's extremely dangerous for his health right now, then I have no choice but to jump in and stop this short term. So there's always, you know, there's always these two um, sides of things, which is I have to analyze the moment that I'm in right now. Do I swoop in? My objective is not for my own COVID. Mm-hmm. My objective is what is going to be most productive to give my son the ability to become who he has to become. Sometimes that demands taking a step back and figuring out more, you know, more long-term approaches about how to navigate, how to, how to like, you know. You're in of, it for the long game right. and we're going to play but this some, Right, but sometimes, like right now, he's doing something that's extremely spiritually destructive or dangerous, then then I, I have to swoop in. Mm-hmm. You know, if my kid, if I have a little kid running across the street, I can't say, listen, you know, we'll it, teach it takes slowly, time, slowly. Ah, the right now, he's running. So it, it's, you know, so it's, 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 uh, it's one of those things that a person has to be sensitive to. But I, I, but I think the most important thing is that it's not about, it's not about me, it's about the kid. Mm-hmm. Which is not an easy, it's not an easy thing to wrap our brains around because there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of inyanim. There's, you know, there's ego, there's covered, there's other people looking at me and my family. And there's also like how much time I've put in already. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just frustrating. You know, if I'm putting in all this time in years and like you're not, so th- th- there's that also. So there's a lot of factors. So it takes a lot of bittal. It's a lot of like humility of saying like, this is not about me. So we start from davening Hashem. Exactly. You have to get that exactly. message, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> Women are a little bit, the, the mothers are a little bit more. A little smarter. Um, yeah. yeah, no, no, they have that's why Hashem Svasetivtach is Rosh Tevis Eishas, the wife. So like uh, you know, women are more naturally inclined to that level of, 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 of humility to say that it's not about me, it's about what my kid needs, you know? And so what does my kid need? Ha- my kid needs to be, to be given the tools and to be put on a trajectory to become a tzaddik. But how do I do that and what do I do? So there's obviously black and white halacha, but you're talking about already once it's beyond that how to exactly navigate. So it's long term, short term. That depends on the kid. And you know, I'd, I'd speak to Machanchem, that uh, experts in the field, like we talked about last time. You know, speak to people that that know people that that have this idea. But but uh, but within the person himself, the father, it's certainly you know, humility is uh, you know, to, like it's about it's about the kid. It's not about me. Right, and being totally focused on that. Yeah, that's your own. When you start focusing on that, on doing that, right. you start, you're like, okay, yeah, I'll tell you the we'll truth. Also, you know, like, Nachman, I have my own stuff to deal with inside. Yeah. No, for sure. Rav Nachman always said it's always a good, you know, a good, a good idea to know. Rav Nachman said that very often for a person is confused in life, what to do? Do you go left? Do you go right? So they need an etza. So Rav Nachman said very often in order to be, in order to have this yadashmaya to get a good etza, the most important thing is to establish for yourself like your north star. Like, what's really navigating me? Like, what's my purpose? I want to go left or right. Why do you want... What's, what's forcing you to make this choice? Like, what, where are you going? So Nachman said, if, if, if you know, if, if it's a decision of going left or right, and you're only thinking about, you know, just to get to that street, but that street itself is going to fork between left and right, and so you just fight to confusing yourself. You're not going to get... You're not going to be Zaycha to Eitzah. But if a person really takes a step back and says, okay, what... Why do I want my kid to daven? Why do I want my kid to daven? 
What do you mean? Because I, I don't want him to be. Uh, I don't want him. I don't want him not to daven. Why not? Like why? Why do you want your kid to daven? What do you want your kid to be? I want it to be uh, a good erlichiyot. Why? Well, I don't know because because it's not nice if my kid is not erlichiyot. No, that's not a north star yet. So you have to really get to the bottom of things. Why do you want your kid to daven? And the reason why you want your kid to daven is ultimately going to also like be about why you should be davening too. But like once you get that north star, the aces will come. Mm-hmm. The aces will come. Mm-hmm. Like, again, you have to still ask the right people and. You know, and 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 speak to people that have, uh, you know, that are less negevadover. You know, but 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 you got, but a person has to have the north star. They strip the ego out of it, and all of a sudden, yeah. When you get to the you bottom, you get to the bottom. Like, what's, what do you want? What do you want? Like, what's what's your why 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 what do you really want? And then you be able to. Get, by the way, Rambam says, based on that, he says, once you establish your north star, and and you go through whatever you know normal healthy process as it is. To then make the decision, then then every decision you're making is then right, because you're trying to get to a good destination, and it is the a good destination, and you and you, and you're asking uh, people that the Rav put in your path that, uh, that that's the best you can do, then you, then you are making the right decision. So people ang- people agonize over whether they're making the right decisions or not. Well, all you need are two two factors: get your north star. Why why are you even getting involved in this decision making? Where are you going? And how and, and make sure that North Star is not a confused point. Like mm-hmm. really. Real number one. And number two, speak to people that are that, that know what they're doing in this particular field as best as possible. And you can only work within, you know, the, the, the sphere that, that you that you have. You check those two boxes, then you should go confidently and say, This is the right thing. Will it turn out exactly the way I wanted? That doesn't make it not the right thing. That then clearly this is a decision the Rebbeinu wants me to make, because I know where I'm going, and I was Shal Eitzah with the people that that the Rebbeinu gave me the ability to be Shal Eitzah from. That's it. You confident. And that's it. You go with confidence. That's it. That's it. And everything else is. Uh, and then you, and then you throw your hands up, Mr. Rebbeinu Shalom. Okay, uh, let's see what happens. And that's okay. It, beco- it becomes the right decision. So someone wants to someone someone's wants to start working on davening. Start with they start with would they start from uh, changing their attitude? Meaning don't wait like for davening. Personal, don't wait for davening. Don't wait for davening. Like it's not davening is a, is a tech is oh, I, it's like I don't not nice words but like a technical detail is that there's like a seder hatfila right that's set up. Obviously it is it didn't start out that way. Right, so, right, right, right. But it, again, it, it boils down to two things. There's 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 a mental preparation and and a, and a way of engaging in Yiddishkeit and making the Rebbeinu more real and 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 more the center of your life that will then help you to daven. But at the end of the day, you have to daven in order to daven. This ultimately, and 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 this is the deepest truth, that ultimately to be able to be in that place that's called davening, it's a gift from Hashem. It's a gift from Hashem. And so, even going into the void of davening, thinking that I am going to become a davener, is anti-davening. It itself is anti-davening. So what you have to do is do everything you can to beg and plead of the Rabbanu to allow you to become a davener. 
Because the whole essence of davening is that in Hashem's world. So how counterintuitive, how, how, how uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's not counterintuitive, it's, it's incorrect to, to, for a person to say that I am going to enter into Hashem's world and everything is Rav Anishlaylam and it's all me, right? And like, I'm the one, no. So, so, so you have to prepare. But the preparation that you have for davening is just that. It's preparing you to receive that gift that's called davening. So you can't wait to daven until you're there. Because the gift of davening is received when you daven. So you have to daven. But, but there's such a thing as davening that I should daven. Like, so right. they play off each other. Don't, but don't wait for the. No. Don't wait for a mincha or a shachris. No, like a... no, no. But you, the whole day is preparing for that mincha and shachris. But, but you can't have mincha and shachris unless you have mincha and shachris. And then when you stand, and it's like, it's, in halach, you have an idea of like, that the ability to receive a gift and the gift itself comes together. So, because again, you, you have to be, you have to be uplifted. The world around you has to be turned into that Hashem's universe. And only God can do that. And Hashem gave us the tools to be zoicha to that, and that's called davening. And that's every that's why you know that that's you mentioned before with the struggle of chinuch, like tra- training a, a child to do a mitzvah but when they're not ready for it yet. We're, that's it, it, that that's that's our struggle too, and and it's by its necessity. We again, like I said, you can't you can't be zoicha to shake and esrog unless you shake and esrog. And then when you shake Luvin Esrig, the universe of Luvin Esrig you, you, comes into you Vasachas. And that's why, that, that, that's ultimately the game changer of how a person should fulfill a mitzvah. Am I performing a mitzvah in a way of like, this is what I'm doing? Well, if this is everything that you're doing, then it's limited in its ability. But if I'm doing a mitzvah, of course, this is what I'm doing. Obviously, obviously I'm putting on tefillin. I'm giving tzedakah. I'm learning. I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing something. Obviously, but but it's for the purpose of allowing myself to receive that gift, which is the mitzvah itself. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, the mitzvah is going to then take me somewhere else. But schar mitzvah, mitzvah. The word of the mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. But you have to. But a person has to has to do the mitzvah. So it's um. You know, they yeah. they go together. That's why even in halacha. All right, there's a lot to talk about, but uh, you know, Chazal instituted such an idea as birchas and mitzvahs, right? The, before you do a mitzvah, so you say a bracha, whatever, whatever the, the bracha is. But it's interesting is, is that, so we would think that that's, that's a hachana for the mitzvah. And I was like, preparing myself to make a bracha, and then I'm doing the mitzvah. But in Allah, it's not like that. In Allah, the bracha of a mitzvah is, it's part of the mitzvah itself. Rabbinically speaking, the mitzvah has now been expanded mm-hmm. to contain the bracha itself, because because that's because the mitzvah, the the mitzvah you, you can't prepare for a mitzvah unless you're in the, unless you're doing the mitzvah unless you're already in the mitzvah. Like, Mamish, at the same it's time, the it has same to come thing. Together. It's the same Indian. Like you cannot have you you have to you have to receive you have to be turned into a davener. Because you're davening, and and the only one that can turn you into davener is the Rabbanu Shlom, and he said so daven, and then then you'll be turned into a davener. So, okay, so I'm so okay, so I I'm I, I 
forget I, I keep saying I, right? But like I'm saying, there's no I, right? In this world of davening. Okay, <laughs> it's like, okay so right. so yeah. a, a person's changing and they're they're going through. There's an I, it's just, yeah, okay, just it's one I. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a person's changing, uh, they, change, they change themselves through davening. They accomplish the, the mission that they accomplish it. Sure. How does the person that's sick get better? I mean, the person davening for someone who's sick to get better. How does, how does it affect a change in the universe? I've changed myself. I've changed internally, my alignment. I've, I'm changing the rest of my day also it is as, as an effect, that, you know, is being affected by that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but how does that affect uh, the Parnassa coming or the person who's sick or Yerushalayim being rebuilt? It's more important to me. In, it, like I exist in a, in a world where that's Hashem's the address. Hashem, that's all just Hashem. But how does it affect the change in other things? Wherever Hashem is found, any 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 address that's found in Hashem's neighborhood, all of a sudden, has a new f- fresh set of paint, and the grass is greener. By uplifting the world and by changing the location that planet Earth is found in, by changing by by saying that you know it's it's not found on on. Uh, on, on whatever the it's not it's on Main Street it's Rabbanu Street you know it's Rechayv Yudkei Vavke you know whatever by by doing that then all of a sudden everything everything that until now was deficient and broken and and not functioning properly automatically now has to function properly because it's part of Hashem's world and Hashem is perfect by uplifting everything by bringing everything back to its source by reconnecting everything back to the original manufacturer, then everything blossoms. Everything blossoms. When, if, if God forbid a person is, is sick, or any, any, any deficiency, any chisarin, that's just a simon of that particular location not, not, not being perceived as part of Hashem's world. Because if it's part of Hashem's world, then it's perfect. And to whatever degree it's not perceived like that, it means there's something missing in, 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 our, in our relationship in terms of davening about it. By, by davening about something. But there's more to talk about because it's all different. You know, everything we're talking about over here is when davening can be done with a certain level of like, you know, um, presence of mind. Mm-hmm. There is... There is there is another form of davening, which I probably don't have, we don't have time to get into this, a davening which is like raw and just yelling and screaming and an expression of like your desire. There is a place for that type of davening, but, but we're talking about uh, a certain type of davening which is more, which is more, more, more uh, relatable to the structured, Stru- more structured, more structured, because right. it's important. I, I know I'm like I, I interrupted my my train of thought myself, but it, I think it's an important point to recognize that there are two different types of davening. There is the more structured type of davening, the Shachris Mincha Mayrev, which um, which really demands like this type of approach of like okay, I'm entering into that place with a certain calmness and a certain like objective mentally that this is what I'm going to try to do. And and that's what that's literally what you do. So if you're davening for a particular person, then what you do is that you, you think about that person. I'm just giving an example. You could think about that person and say, listen, the person's sick. Why is that person sick? Not why, like what did he do wrong? The the nature of his sickness is that somehow in some way the Rabbanishlam's light is not 
fully in, 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 pulsating within him the way the way it should be. Why not? Not because of anything he did wrong. In terms of what does it say about me? What's my avoida when I see someone that's sick? Well, my avoida is that if I see someone that's sick, it means the Rabbanu Hashem is telling me there's a part of my universe as Hashem that you have to return to me. And so when I dive with that person, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking what that he's that there's something you know he's not he's unfortunately not well, which which is Hashem telling me that there's a corner of this world that I am obligated to return to its source to and return that's to its master. I have to do. That's something that I have and, to do. And everyone who davens for them, that's they, they that's each have their own. That yes. they have to do. Yes. They have to. Everything you see, anything that's missing, that's broken in the world, is Hashem telling you fix it. And the way to fix it. There's all different ways. If you're a doctor, obviously, you know, help the guy. But in terms of davening, the way to fix it is to say that Yanko over there and the universe that Yanko lives in, it's not his universe, it's the Rabbanishim's universe. And somehow, in some way, the Rabbanishim is perfect. And everything on some level, in some way, is good and perfect and healthy. Unfortunately, I'm not seeing that health. And so then I take the next step, which is Rabbanishim, for your own sake, for your own sake, let the truth of what the world is, let it be seen and let it be known. Because it's, it's, and this is what it means. This is the depth of what it means when Chazal say that a person has a daven for the Shekhinah, for the Divine Presence. Because the Divine Presence means the fact that the world, that in the, in, in the, in the, in the headspace of davening, the world is, in Hashem's place, and it means that, the, and that means that it should be seen as perfect. And the fact that I don't see it as perfect means that it's not allowing that that the truth is not expressing itself. That's painful. That that, that itself is painful. People experience this psychologically all the time. If there's a certain truth that they have and they're not able to express it, it's painful for them. So Hashem has a truth. The truth is that Yankel is healthy. That's the deepest truth, that Yankel is healthy. Because Yankel's not living in his world, which maybe is broken. Yankel's living in the Rabbanishnah's world, which is perfect. So why is he not, why don't I see that perfection? That's because there's something holding back the truth. And that's painful, that's painful, most of all, to the one to the one being that is the truth. It's like the Shekhinah's in Golis, that's, yeah, what, that's, that's how the Chazal... That's what it means. Shina, Shina means Hashem's presence in the world. The fact that we don't see obviously the truth. Of, that's the truth that's there. Yeah, that's yeah. There. and that's so, ultimately that, that that So it's like it's like a few stages. So like, first of all, number one, I see I see the person that's not feeling well. Number one, that tells me the Rebbeinu is telling me fix that space. That's number one. Number two, I then I then say, despite the fact that it looks like. This space that I'm, that 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 person is occupying is his own world, governed by Hashem, created by Hashem, but is his own space. It's not true. Hashem, you were you were there before creation. You're there after creation. This address is the Rebbeinu Shalom's universe. Number three, if it's the Rebbeinu Shalom's universe, the Rebbeinu Shalom is perfect, and 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 if it's and if the Rebbeinu Shalom is encompassing that space, it means that this space has to be mamish alive and well. Number four, I don't see it like that. So that means that there's something blocking our vision from what the actual truth is. Rabbanu Shalom, for your sake, remove that veil. 
allowed the ultimate truth of what is really going on behind the scenes to be experienced. Not for us, it will be Gavaldic, Vada, but for the Rebbe for your sake. Because you created a world. Why do you create a world? In order for, for, for you to be revealed through it. And how do I, and what does it mean for Hashem to be revealed in the world? For things to be healthy and well. And that, that's, that's what it boils down to. So you go through these, these stages of, of, of sort of, and this is the, by the Mekubal, this is described as, as the avoid of being mantik dinam, of sweetening judgments. A judgment means a, a piece of the world that's disconnected, that's, that's off target, that's mm-hmm. broken. But you, you're sweetening that judgment by returning it back to its source. And, that's, uh, and, then, and then you do that in whatever you do, you do that in your own life. You know, you know a person's uh, deficient in, in, in the Parnassah, you go through the same processes. Well, that just is a simon that there's an area of my life that, that needs to be brought back to its source. And if it's brought back to its source, then it should, then it should, it should, it should be overflowing with, with, with Shafa. Incredibly you know? empowering also to know that, I mean, it's a big, it's a big, uh, you know, it's a big job. Sure. But it's empowering that Hashem says you're the, you're the, you're the, you're, you're the one who has to do it. You've got to go do it. And I need 100%. you, I need you involved in this. And this is, Right. Incredible, incredible. Okay, okay. probably have to talk about. There's a lot of this could go a lot of different directions. Probably have to talk about when Hashem says, uh, when it seems like Hashem Baruch Hu says no. Yeah, sure. And where where you go with that in sure. in your mind? Sure, but, sure. Uh, Maybe we'll save it. Maybe we'll save it for another okay. for another time. For sure. Now we, should, now we should go down. We should, it's everything's at tefillah. There you now. <laughs> it really now, is. Now you got it. It really now is. Now you got it. it. Really is. Now you got it. Exactly. I always thought like the most important words of davening, at least structured davening. It's you know the Rebbe's pointing out something much earlier, but Hashem's fasai tiftach. That like, I got nothing. I got yeah. I got nothing. I mean, Hashem, just this is up to you, right? This is up to you. Yeah. I have like a meditation where you, when you take three steps forward, you're stepping into Hashem's you're stepping into Hashem's world. Hundred percent. You're alluded it's a to huge, it. It's, it's like, a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to visualize that, like I'm stepping into a whole different place. It's like. That, that's the difference, you know. The void of 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 big tzaddikim, that that's what it is. It's 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 going into different places. It's going to different places, you know. It's like mamish, you know. I wish I would have listened in school when they said these beautiful things, because <laughs> they for sure said take three steps towards Hashem or take three steps into the world of Hashem, like. I had great teachers. They for sure said this. I had great rabbi. <laughs> I wish I would have listened. Okay, it's good. Okay, play catch up. Look, play catch up. Play catch up. It's like you know. It's like, but these are the messages you need to you need to hear. This is stuff. This is it. It's like, also like when they they're not just halacha is not just playing a game with your life. Like no, raise your hand this way, raise your hand this way. It's no, like no, they, no. putting you in a certain place. Like, yeah, yeah, here, yeah. here it's physically putting you in a whole different yeah, world, yeah. and they're telling you do it, do it with your body. Yeah. Like do it with your body and then experience it in your mind and in your heart. Yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, when you when you that, all of a sudden halacha becomes much more important. Of course. The technical details, what they call the technical details. Of course. What do you mean the technical? They're putting you. They're putting you somewhere. Yeah, they're right. giving their, it's reality. So right? The guy wants to wants to get somewhere, so I don't know. So he has to go on the train to go there. It's like nah, it's just the technicality. <laughs> what do you mean? That, that, that's how you go. That's how you go. Right. Yeah. If only so. they told you the direction that you shake the loop of. That's what you're trying to go somewhere. It's like so uh, you're trying yeah. to bring so something that's... into your life. You're right. trying to, you know, like, right, right. And there's differences right. in the way you look at it and the direction you sure. shake. And it's like sure. everything is like a. Right. I remember learning about the. 
Hanukkah lights up to the, up to you know more to less, less to more by Rabbi Nassim. You've already saw talks about talks about kedusha and exposing the world to kedusha. Right. Like you have to be very careful with it, or you have to bring it out it's to the whole tzias. world. It's like, but it's, 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 it's different ways like of looking at the world. Like, right, right, exactly. I'm shot like this, and it's, it's a different way, and then it comes out in the Tanaim and the Amoraim. It's like different ways of looking at the world. Right. Even when you get you get later in halacha, I've heard, I've heard right. you talk about you, know, you get the rishonim and stuff like that. It's incredible.